if you guys know any good albums for like real chill good music let me know um we can be friends on spotify welcome to already within the podcast designed for millennials who are seeking out a more authentic way of life together we'll explore the mind body and spirit through holistic coaching and level up our consciousness by challenging some of our traditional thinking Take a listen if you're curious about learning yourself, want a safe space to feel vulnerable, or just want some helpful tools to take into your own practice. I'm excited to have you along this journey with me. May your heart remain open and spirit set free. This one's a bit heavier. Just want to preface, it is a bit heavier, but there I think there's a lot of light there too. And by light, I mean being able to see your way out of something. So I want to level the energy here and kind of get into a space that accepts the realities of life and knowing that it's not always beautiful and pretty and that there are struggles and this was one of mine. So what I intend to share today is my journey with binge eating disorder. I asked my mom about it and she said she started noticing when I was about eight years old that early, eight years old, that I had a different kind of affinity with food. I blanketed my disorder with the idea that I was 200 pounds, six feet and thick. I should be eating this much when in reality, it's like a couple hundred extra calories, bro, like probably overdoing it. I didn't realize things didn't start clicking to me until one, I started building some consciousness and awareness, but also being around people who had normal eating patterns that I realized how out of whack my own were. Before we get into a little bit of my story and some steps to help with this disorder, I want to first describe and talk about what binge eating actually is and what makes it a disorder. So the Mayo Clinic describes it as a serious eating disorder in which you frequently consume unusually large amounts of food and feel unable to stop eating. That unable part is big for me. So I think as a society, yes, we normalize overindulgence, but what makes this disorder a bit different to me is the inability to stop yourself once you start. So what I want you guys to imagine is being very full And in your mind, you already have this laundry list of food that is up next in the queue. See, back in my old days when I lacked a lot of awareness, I didn't realize why this was happening and why you couldn't stop yourself. It was interesting, once I did start seeing those behaviors and patterns, I was like, wow, this is really scary, what I was doing for all of these years. The best way I personally describe it is punishment. That you are using food to inflict pain on your body. See, binge eating is more directly correlated to alcoholics and drug abusers than it is to anorexia because of the need for the drug or the food. The addict uses the food as a means to suppress pain or feel something different than their current existence. But what I think is a bit helpful right now is to pull something from my own journal and share what this meant to me in those moments and give you a glimpse of the mind of someone who goes through this. 
See, I remember back, I would use food to suppress and I did a lot of suppressing. I had some pretty intense emotions. So I ate a lot. I would do anything, literally anything not to feel. The only feeling I would allow and accept is utter fullness. My stomach bursting, that was the only place that felt acceptable. I found myself stuffing until I feel something different. Anger was my typical starting emotion, which then turned into sadness and then guilt and then shame. And then this spiral would repeat for days and weeks on end until one day I would pick myself up and say, let's start new. See, in the beginning, you enjoy administering the punishment because I mean, you deserved it, right? But be careful because that self-hatred can and will turn into something much deeper. But soon enough, you will wake up and you will realize what you've been doing to yourself and you get tired. You get tired of reaching fullness and having no way to stop yourself. Tired of consuming and that feeling of rejection exuding from your body. So right now I'm not free, but I'm much better than I used to be. And to me, this path is something worth sharing. So that's a little excerpt from my journal. I tend to, <laughs> I tend to go in on my journals, you know, I take a pretty seriously. <laughs> Let's start to dig into what binge eating disorder is. And also this is called BED, B-E-D acronym. So like I said earlier, binge eating is more directly correlated with addiction. And with addiction, the first step is, yes, acknowledging you have a problem. The symptoms can look like rapid eating, eating in secret, depression, shame. All of these are some signals to consider for yourself, but also to be watching in others. So I said this a bit earlier, but it was big for me as I didn't realize I had a problem until I started realizing how other people ate and how out of whack I was. I could out eat anyone. In the outside world, that's like red flag. <laughs> It started with a, a lunch at work. So I was at a lunch table and I had I was having this conversation and she was putting her food away and there was still some in there. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm done eating. I just don't want my stomach to hurt. And I was like, uh, hold on. <laughs> so you're just not going to finish the food that's there, even though there's like three bites left. She's like, no, I just, I don't want to feel like heavy. And I'm like, whoa, people, this is real. <laughs> Honestly, I was just surprised that everyone's stomach just didn't hurt after each meal. <laughs> and at some point I did have to understand that my clean the plate mentality and years of shame just had to change. So this was my acknowledgement that I have a problem. It was my um, personal intervention. <laughs> what I realized is when you start seeing the behavior, you can start to learn to manage the emotions that are causing that behavior. So one of the most popular ones is like cognitive behavioral therapy. I had never personally tried it, um, but I've seen other people that have had success with it. What I'm gonna speak to is how I've actively managed my emotions and how that journey has looked for me. So myself, anger was the big one. I would get swept up in this anger or shame or sadness and allow this one emotion to rule my day, week, month, it could go on for a while that I would sit in this one emotion. And what I'm realizing now is that we must remind ourselves that emotions are temporary. Action is permanent. When I had this level of consciousness, I found myself pausing when I was about to start this binge. 
and ask myself, what is really fueling this? What am I about to put myself through and why am I about to do this? Is it because I didn't do X, Y, Z right or because someone didn't treat me the right way? Whatever that reason is for you, I just want you to pause and think before you start to spiral. So yes, in the beginning, it will be tougher. You will be aware of the binge and it's hard to see yourself through that. What will happen is you will witness the binge consciously and have to watch it more times than you wish you would allow yourself. But I know this is a hard time, but it is an important time because being conscious before and during is a step. Being able to ask yourself those questions, that is progress. Because once you start seeing yourself in that state of mind, you don't like seeing it. Once you're aware, it gets icky. And you're like, "Mm, how can I fix this? This does not feel right. It doesn't feel authentic and true to myself. What can I do? So that that in-between space, that gray where you're still figuring it out, it's a little sticky, but you'll get through it. And when you get to the other side of that, that's, that's where it's at. When you have a healthy relationship with food, for probably the first real time in your life, it's beautiful. The best term that I've found for what you're about to experience in this moment is radical acceptance. It is compassionately accepting the situation for what it is without any resistance or judgment. It's knowing that, yes, I've probably messed up with this several times in the past. This is a pattern that I keep seeing, but I'm going to make an effort to change it. And I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to put myself down for who I used to be during this season of my life. We accept and we pass no judgments. We are human. And this is what makes our story beautiful. The next thing we must learn is some new coping mechanisms. So now that we can identify that emotion, it's important for us to have some coping mechanisms that help manage that emotion. So now that we're aware to the emotions and some of our triggers, I think it's important that we start to learn some new coping mechanisms. I've got a few that I'm going to read from this list, which are part of my tool belt. And these are what I do to actively manage some tougher, really deep emotions. I'm very body driven, so stretching is huge for me. If I'm filled with rage and anger, I have to do some type of explosive movement. So for me, that looks like running stairs or going on a run or even just shaking my body in whatever direction until I feel that emotion start to release a bit. It also can look like yelling in the car, just crying it out and changing your environment. Quickly changing your environment. You recognize what's going on. You recognize you're about to go into a binge. You're already full. You're already working on that next couple portions. Stop. At that moment, you got to be conscious and active and stop and immediately change your, your environment. This was huge for me. I would, I would find myself sitting on the couch about to go into a binge and be like, no, 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 no. Okay. I know, I know it's about to happen. I know I'm about to go and destroy my kitchen. What I need to do next is get up and do something, even if I don't want to. That's not the that's not the point. You got to do it. You got to do it. If you want to see this change, you got to do it. So what that looked like for me is I would go put on whatever exercise clothes I had very quickly, like a minute, and then I would go run some stairs. What happened surprisingly during that is I was angry. That anger stayed with me for those first like five, 10 minutes that I was doing stairs. So you got to stick with it for a little bit. It stayed with me and then... I started to like edge off a little bit. Okay, I feel like I was at the top of this bell curve and I was starting to go to the other side, we're back to like baseline. 
and I would keep going. I would slowly release that emotion and it would turn into something different, which is interesting because my endorphins would start to kick in. I was pretty sweaty at that point. So my endorphins would start to kick in and then I would be like, okay, this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad. I think that helped me process through this emotion. Now I can go rearrange the vibe in my apartment because I don't want to go back to the vibe I just came from. It's going to put me right back there. I need to, whenever I get back into my apartment, done writing stairs, then I need to switch up the vibe. Maybe put on some chill music, light a candle, add some accent lighting. Just change the vibe for a little bit and allow that new emotion to have space to manifest and sit. So when you've taken yourself through a series like that, I promise you, you will get on the other side and you're like, wow, okay, that felt good. That felt like a step. It felt like I have a groundwork now that I can start building from. So what's next is we now have to understand how our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors, they all feed into one another. So when I say change environment, that is because I want to quickly change a behavior. And with the behavioral change, that now changes your thoughts, which now changes your emotions. See how that all kind of works in together? So when you start to see this, you'll realize how actively present you need to be in order to shift an emotion, to shift that energy. What I will say is you can prevent a binge from starting by being present when that emotion arises and then working to actively manage and use some of those coping mechanisms I talked about earlier. So the last thing I want to make sure we touch on to kind of round this out is, okay, we figured out how to manage these emotions where we're taking active participation and getting better. What do I do next? And the answer is start to have a new relationship with food. And what I mean by this is not dieting, not doing the next big trend, none of that. Because I'm sure at this point you have done a roller coaster of diets and wellness things. That's not what we're doing here. That's not, that's not it. That is for TV. We are here to do real life work. So these are my own two personal experiences from what triggered binge eating in the first place. And that is shame anytime I was eating or around the kitchen and then leaving food on the plate. Those are my two big ones. I want you to figure out what those are for you. If they're the same, that's great. These next few pointers are gonna be pretty helpful. If they're different, that's also fine too. And then you can start to to see, okay, I know the trigger and maybe I can seek out how I can manage this a little bit better. But back to relationship with food. What I think is important is finding a family member or friend that you could use as a, a role model for normal and healthy eating. They're not one that's doing the dieting. They eat whole foods. They have some kind of activity in the kitchen because usually when you're eating whole foods, you have to do some type of preparation, cutting up vegetables, stuff like that. So find a role model. I think that's pretty important because when I found one, and even it was a very short amount of time that I was able to see how they operated in the kitchen, that changed some things for me. I was like, wow. So this is how someone actually uses this equipment It just became very interesting for me to see how food can be manipulated and just cooking. It is actively right now becoming a passion of mine. But seeing how they work in the kitchen will start to give you this feeling of empowerment when you look in your own pantry. And you'll start to give yourself permission to eat the chocolate or the chips 
or even take some time to dicing up some fruit or some vegetables. You start to do these quick body scans and start to understand what your body really needs. Over time, you'll develop this skill where you can quickly narrow down what your body is looking for. I can decide between salty or sweet or what if I want like hot or cold or even like something creamy or dry. Being able to have these distinctions really narrowed down what type of food my body was looking for. And then I just ate that. There's a little bit of overthinking as well when you have binge eating disorder, right? I read somewhere that people who have this disorder spend 80 to 90% of their thinking on food. And that's very true. I can still say that's a little bit for me is, okay, what's my next meal going to be? Or what am I going to eat next? It was always future thinking for me. It was always planning food. It It was a very weird thing. What I will say before we close out is... Remember, food cannot be used as a substitute for feelings. And don't try to restrict yourself because it will boomerang back harder than you threw it. Thank you for hanging out with me. I know this is a bit longer one, but I think there was so much depth here and value and I wanted to share it all. So a quick recap, we talked about some emotional triggers that spark binge eating and also talked about how over time you can start to cope. Remember that this is an actual disorder and that it takes time and patience for you to to do the real healing work. I always and will now ask that you start looking deeper within yourselves and be uncomfortable with the truth that surfaces. So if you're in this place and you feel like you don't know what to do or don't, don't have options, um, I'm here. You're not alone. And... It can feel that way sometimes, but you're not. I hope this was helpful. If it was, make sure to like, comment, follow, share, all of those good things. They're super helpful for me just getting started out. So I really, really appreciate your support. I don't have any like catchphrases yet. So no real cool goodbyes that I do each time, but um, I love you and um, yeah. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Okay, bye.